Chapter Twenty One of the Amethyst Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Amethyst Cross by Fergus Hume. Chapter Twenty One. Two Interviews. At the present moment, George Walker had plenty of time on his hands and being naturally industrious he did not enjoy the enforced idleness hitherto he had spent the bulk of his leisure hours in looking for a situation and in thinking of lesbia now he made up his mind to act in order to bring about some sort of settlement of his very disorderly affairs lesbia could no longer remain with her father as his character was so extremely bad hale had left the cottage but would be certain to return again therefore george wished to see if he could not marry lesbia say within a month so as to rescue her from the troubles by which she was environed to do this he required assistance and believed that he would receive it from lord charvington who appeared to be particularly well disposed towards the girl the idea of emigrating to the colonies if mrs walker could be persuaded to lend her approval to the suggestion was by no means a bad one as then the whole unhappy past could be set aside for ever in another country with better prospects and unaffected by the sordid life compulsorily spent with sordid people george foresaw that he would be able to make a calm bright and happy future for himself and his wife he therefore crossed the river and walked to maidenhead with the idea of explaining his scheme to charvington and asking him to advance the necessary funds but before starting a new life george wished to round off the old he saw very plainly that for some reason the amethyst cross had been the cause of the late troubles since his loss everything had gone wrong and it was necessary that it should be found if things were to be put right jabez the lawyer insisted that it should be produced before he would part with the fifty thousand pounds trust money if then the ornament could be found and given to jabez's hands mrs walker would benefit certainly there was a chance that her late sister had left a child but in the absence of proof this difficulty might be overcome at all events the production of the cross appeared to be necessary to force jabez into dealing with the trust money and its accumulations then again george wished to do something for canning the man was a wastrel in a ne'er-do-well and had no one to take an interest in him but he had done lesbia service at considerable risk and it was only fair that he should be rewarded undoubtedly he belonged to the gang of clever thieves but he had repented sufficiently of his wickedness to help the lovers whom the gang or at least three members of it had desired to destroy this service should be recompensed especially as canning could not remain in england without being exposed to the vengeance of his former associates george determined to lay the case before lord charvington and ask him to help failing any aid being forthcoming in this quarter 
george intended to take canning to australia or canada with him and there start the man on a new career canning was not an old man and there was ample time for him to redeem the shortcomings of his youth he was not inherently wicked as were his brother and hale but merely weak on arriving at the court george was at once shown into the library wherein lord charvington was waiting for him the old man arose courteously and came forward with outstretched hand he appeared to be pleased that george had kept his appointment so punctually and expressed himself with great cordiality i am very glad to see you mr walker he said when the two were again seated i knew your father my mother also i believe sir said george charvington's face changed i have not seen mrs walker for many a long day he remarked in a low voice perhaps we may meet again but he paused to ask an abrupt and extraordinary question does your mother ever speak ill of me he demanded his eyes eagerly searching the young man's face no answered george much astonished she has scarcely mentioned your name why should she speak ill of you i thought that hale might have but that is neither here nor there it is enough for you to know mr walker that i knew your mother and her sister over thirty years ago we all three knew hale also and he caused trouble he would cause trouble still if he could but i think this last escapade of his will keep him quiet did you know my aunt miss catherine morse asked george astonished yes charvington rested his head on his hand and drew figures on the blotting paper but why do you speak of her by her maiden name she was married you know i don't know her married name my mother never mentions it perhaps george hesitated perhaps she doesn't know it yes she does answered charvington still drawing so does hale your aunt died in his house at wimbledon remember i understood from jabez that hale had admitted as much i believe he did you know mr jabez yes charvington heaved heavy sigh but i have not seen him for years we correspond occasionally that is all he paused then dropping the pencil with which he was drawing wheeled his chair and looked at his guest briskly but we have no time to talk of these old stories let us come to the point have you heard about lesbia's stay here yes said george very distinctly lady charvington told both my mother and myself about the matter lord charvington's face grew a dull brick red when did you see my wife yesterday she called on my mother at medmenham what did she say asked the elder man abruptly and anxiously george gave details in a blunt cool way exaggerating nothing and suppressing nothing the effect on lord charvington was very marked he jumped up from his chair and paced the room holding his head in both hands good heavens oh good heavens he muttered these women these women how dare helen speak so what does she guess what does she know about what asked george with keen curiosity and his question recalled lord charvington to the fact which he seemed to have forgotten in his agitation 
that he was not alone never mind he said sharply and returned to his seat more composed do you mean to say that lady charvington stated that she found the cross in this library yes sir and i thought that you might know i know nothing interrupted charvington violently and nervously shifting various articles on his writing-table i know that there is such a cross i remember that mr samuel morse gave it to his daughter and remarked on its oddity but how did it get into this library did you not bring it here no sir no charvington again rose and began to walk off his uncontrollable agitation i have not seen that cross for years the last time i set eyes on it miss morris i may as well call her miss morris since your mother has not revealed her married name wore it round her neck my wife says that she found it here i tell you mr walker that i do not know how it came into this room i never saw it how strange said george believing this speech but wondering nevertheless but how comes it asked charvington wheeling that you know about the amethyst cross mr walker i received it from lesbia as a love gift explained george and went on to relate the circumstances of the assault and robbery charvington walked up and down nodding and muttering at intervals when george ended he came to a halt before the young man lesbia told me much of what you tell me he said quietly but of course i was ignorant that my wife had taken the cross from this room she did not tell me that i cannot understand and i said george in his turn cannot understand why lady charvington is so bitter against lesbia ah woman woman said charvington with a gesture of despair who can understand the nature of woman let us leave that question for the time being mr walker what we have to do is to get at the root of this matter if the cross was in my wife's jewel-case as she asserts undoubtedly the burglary was committed to gain possession of it hale was the thief as you know he has sent me back the case intact i received it this morning as only on condition of its being restored would i consent to hush the matter up and i hushed it up for his daughter's sake mr walker but charvington wrinkled his brow and threw back his white mass of hair the amethyst cross is not amongst the jewels hale probably kept it back he wants it you know as he has some idea of getting this money by producing it yes yes i heard something about that muttered charvington but of course that is impossible unless unless he paused opening and shutting his hands feverishly damn him he burst out with a stamp of his foot i would like to throttle him as he nearly throttled you george looked up in surprise throttled me yes said charvington impatiently can't you see it must have been hale who assaulted you on the towing path to get back that cross and he as an expert thief took the ornament from your cottage on the face of it that appears probable said george slowly all the same i don't think it was the case why not he
he wanted the amethyst cross quite so but if he had obtained it from my cottage so long ago he would have taken it to mr jabez to procure the money if possible the mere fact too that he was willing i should marry lesbia if i found the missing ornament shows that hale did not commit the assault and robbery then who could have done so george shrugged his shoulders i can't say probably the person who placed it in this room if it ever was in this room muttered charvington darkly your wife declares oh yes oh yes i know what she declares well these things are not to be threshed out in five minutes mr walker he stopped short before george do you wish to marry lesbia with all my heart and soul we have come together again and last night we renewed our love vows they should never have been broken said charvington impatiently they never were save my circumstances said george solemnly our hearts were always true and he related the plotting of maud and walter hale devils devils muttered charvington with another stamp and it's all my fault all my fault what george scarcely knew if he had heard aright all my fault i say charvington clutched his head with an expression of pain you do not know you can't guess you you never mind i'll put an end to all this you shall marry lesbia and make her happy i shall settle hale once and for all come what is your idea my idea said george deliberately was when i entered this room to ask you to give me enough as a loan to marry lesbia so that i could take her to australia or canada and begin a new life but now i have changed my mind as i can guess that in some way you can arrange matters without my having to adopt such an extreme course yes said charvington quietly i believe that i can arrange matters and in a very surprising way they should have been arranged long ago only for the fact that i had not the courage it is very hard to do right sometimes but the time has come mr walker in three days certain people will be brought together into this room what people sir walter hale and lesbia yourself and your mother mr jabez and my wife when we are all assembled i shall be able to straighten things crooked as they are at present i ask you to see that these people saving my wife who will be invited by me to be present are here on the third day from now at three o'clock in the afternoon and then then you shall marry lesbia and be happy ever afterwards now go george went without another word wondering very much at the turn which events had taken he had hoped that charvington would arrange his destiny in that of lesbia but the old noble man seemed able and ready to arrange the destiny of many other people george could not entirely understand the meaning of charvington's behavior and after a brief reflection did not attempt to he decided to write a note telling hale and lesbia to be at the court at the appointed time and also to go personally to london to see mr jabez and arrange for his presence having thus made up his mind what to do george strode towards home whistling with a load off his mind 
in one way or another things would surely be put right then came a surprise while passing through nightingale thicket the young man saw canning looking more shadowy than ever flitting down the road to meet him but as the man drew nearer george saw that his usually pale face was flushed that he was dressed spick and span as a gentleman and that there was a general look of opulence about him he glided up to walker swiftly for he appeared too unsubstantial to do anything save glide and broke into a voluble explanation walker he cried and in loud tones which contrasted markedly with his usual whispering speech i came down this morning especially to see you they told me you had gone to charvington's place so i crossed the river and walked in this direction on the chance of meeting you what's your hurry asked george surprised by this change of clothes and looks and manner i am leaving england and have come to say good-bye let us sit down on the grass by the roadside no one will come along after i have explained i shall push on to maidenhead and take the train to london from london i go to italy yes an old aunt of mine has remembered me in her will at the eleventh hour and i have inherited two hundred a year an annuity the principal of which i cannot touch luckily for you said george taking out his pipe you would waste it i dare say i was always a wrong un however i go to italy because there i can live like a fighting cock on an income which means penury in england i go also because tate and hale and the rest of them are making things too hot for me but before departing i wanted to see you to confess george lighted his pipe and looked sideways in surprise confess what that i assaulted you said canning nervously you george glanced in amazement at the frail figure yes of course i took you by surprise or you could have knocked me into a cocked hat you can punch me now walker i don't want to punch you as you put it said george bluntly of course you acted like a skunk in sneaking behind me and knocking me on the head to say nothing of tying me up all the same i tied you up said canning who had lain down and was smoking a cigarette because i did not wish you to recover and get back to your cottage at medmenham until i had secured the cross george turned indignantly then you were the thief he declared yes admitted canning coughing kick me i'll take it lying down no said george after a pause you have done me a service through lesbia by preventing the success of maud ellis's plot the evil you have done is counterbalanced by the good but how did you get me into rose cottage canning sat up and looked puzzled i didn't do that he said earnestly i left you trust on the towing path like a fowl and how the deuce you got into the cottage i know no more than you do have you never found out no said george promptly but i am beginning to find out many things and it is just possible that i may solve that riddle also by the way why did you sneak the amethyst cross my brother wanted it sergeant yes hale came to cookham on the evening when you proposed to miss lesbia and told alfred that she had given you the cross alfred insisted that i should rob you 
and primed me with champagne to do what he wanted i started for the cottage with a sandbag and a rope to stun you and bind you hoping to take you by surprise i saw you coming along the towing path in the twilight and then yes george cut him short i know the rest you crept up behind me and stunned me and bound me and then sneaked back to rob the cottage you are a pretty bad lot i must say i am said canning languidly but now that i have enough to keep the wolf from the door i'll reform besides you can kick me as i said i don't want to you poor devil since you have confessed and have done me a service why did you because miss hale was the only human being who was ever kind to me said canning throwing away his cigarette oh walker you don't know the terrible life i have had i never was wicked really i wasn't only weak only easily led i hated myself all the time i was working for alfred and those accursed wretches he associated with i hated all mankind because i was treated so badly but miss hale changed my nature by her kindness and i did what i could to repair my wrong towards her and towards you because she loved you i have confessed because i want her to know the truth then i pass out of her life and yours forever take this address in london canning handed him a pencilled card it will find me for the next week after that i go to italy tell miss hale everything i have told you and then ask her to write and say that she forgives me i don't want her to think badly of me george nodded and slipped the card into his pocket feeling very sorry for the miserable man only one question i should like to ask he said rising from the grass why did your brother want this cross lady charvington as i found out from overhearing a conversation between them asked him to get it george thought of the lie told by the lady as to the cross having been found by her in the library and why did she want it i can't say replied canning moving away ask her good-bye and walker my dear fellow he added one last word maud ellis and hale are plotting to get that money which should come to your mother good-bye and he disappeared down the road withdrawing swiftly like a receding mist that was the last george saw of arthur sargent alias canning alias the shadow end of chapter twenty one